Michelle, oh, we're gonna have a good show tonight. I'm oh, so excited. Gr- We've got our special guest, Rose McGowan. Been waiting for this one. You are one of those people who you've how many lifetimes have you had in this one lifetime? You, it's, I mean, I think probably at least three of us in this room have had a lot of lifetimes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Did and you, I'm definitely one of those. Did you know early on that oh, this yeah. was gonna be a wild ride? I knew at five when someone told me I should write a book at age five. <laughs> And I and I turned and I said, "You don't know the half of it." <laughs> World weary voice. And it's totally true. Like she didn't know the half of it. Oh my god! I've had a. I've had a. I knew it was going to be Mr. Toad's wild ride, and it has has proven to be exactly that. And I think I will continue. It's weird. I the middle part of whatever that is. I didn't get that. I got really extreme extreme. Yeah, straight out of the gate. Out of the gate. There's no gray area. Never has. Well, I was been. born into a cult, so no. Okay, wait, what, what? You were born into a cult. Tell like me, are you from San Francisco? No, I'm from Italy. But oh, really? I'm not Italian. My parents were American and just wanted to spread the word of Jesus. Uh, yes. Weren't you there because of your dad's, yeah. ran a chapter? Yeah, of... he ran a chapter of something called Children of God. And it <clears throat> it was essentially, I think it started out as this idealistic hippies for Jesus. You know, my dad came from a long line of military people. And my father was an artist. Like, he would have gotten, he was drafted to Vietnam and they were taking anybody at this point, and he got dishonorably discharged, which he held as a badge of honor his whole life, mm-hmm. and managed to get out of going to Vietnam. He would have gotten killed instantly. I would have been fine. He would have been done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then uh, he, you know, I think what kept him from t- being a truly aces human being in this life, and he was an amazing human, but I think honestly being a good-looking white male fucked him up. Mm-hmm. And the need um, to be worshipped. Re- really? What, who, who would play him? How good-looking was he? He's like a cross between. A, he looked a lot like. You know, he looked kind of like a cross between me and a young Jack Nicholson. Oh Ooh. wow! Wow! You know, like if I was a guy, I would look like that, and uh-huh. he was a woman. We had a lot of like, it was. I wrote because <clears throat> I have an album that's um, getting ready to come out, and one of the songs I wrote about him, and one of the lines is, um, "You made me, or did I make you?" Right. Mm. You never wow. know what comes first in that kind of relationship. Mm-mm. Now, did you, um, as, as a kid, did you know that you looked like him? At what point did you realize, oh, my God, I look just like my father? And Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter? Yeah. Cool. I always <laughs> thought, like every that. time I saw, she was one of the most beautiful. She's, oh, thank you. On the planet. I loved designing women. Around yeah. Around. Yes. But yeah. don't you, don't you see, see a it. young Dixie yes. Carter in Rose's face? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never, yeah. I never, I never thought Oh, stunningly that. beautiful. You're, you're a gorgeous one, Rose McGowan. And as are you. Look at oh. those eyes. Go on. I would have slayed in this world of blue eyes. God <laughs> you damn it. slayed with light brown ones. So now, so you, at what point did you realize I look like my father? I think I knew it was more that we were just alike mentally, except for I didn't have his... Like the thing of the worship thing. And I, I right. think that comes from just young acolyte women worshiping you. you right. Know, and then needing that. And I was, and a lot of kids, you know, worship their dads. I was not that kid. Uh, my birthday card from him when I was 10 was said, Dear Rose, I've always admired your sense of justice. Happy birthday. <laughs> I was a very strange child. I was, I was basically a, a, an adult nightmare because I was just not having it. Right. You were born grown. I was born grown. I was born like this may be my last go round. And so, I have to get some shit done here because this might be it. Siblings? Seven. 
seven right. siblings, all from the same mother and father? Uh, two halves and one half brother. Two half sisters, one half brother. Because my dad had like two wives at the same time kind of thing. Wait, so, oh, wow. Oh, oh, my goodness. Where, is he, where was he from? He was from, I think, kind of all over because he was raised by a Navy man. You know? uh-huh. And um, it's interesting. His mom was um, on the naval base kind of like me. She was an activist for women. And they, she fell into a depression over, you know, uh, weird stuff in life, as one does. Mm-hmm. And they hospitalized her. And they were trying to, like, get rid of her on the base because she was trying to get more support for women mm-hmm. and yada, yada. And they gave her electroshock therapy. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Like, mm-hmm. experimental. And kept her locked up for the rest of her life. Like, the what, Navy. What naval base? She at that point would have been, I, th- I know they were down here at one point. San Diego or Camp, yeah. Yeah. Camp Pendleton. Mm-hmm. I think. And then um, and then I know they were like in Gig Harbor, Washington. Mm-hmm. And were you raised in? What, I'm from San Diego. You're from San Diego. So um, I n- know the Navy quite well. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lots of Stephen for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So um, growing up, seven were the seven brothers and sisters, were you guys all together? Or what? We were kind of get split up and then like three of us here four of us there two of us here five of us there like, are any of them wild child like you they're all yes five out of six of us were runaways before the age of 15 wow five out of six runaways before five out of like eight i guess yeah before the age of 15 yes 15? i was a runaway when i was 13 i was taken in by three uh trans women now they would be trans women back then they just call them drag queens yeah um and I, and a stripper named Tina, and that was who I hit the road with. And what city was that in? Wow. I was I was a runaway, unfortunately, in Oregon, which is very cold to be a runaway. In. Mm-hmm. And I ran away from Eugene to Portland, and would just take over the nightclub stages, dancing at the gay clubs. I was mm-hmm. like their pet, and they would dress me up like Charlie Chaplin, and I would knock the other people off the stage with my cane and just like dominate. <laughs> I was thirteen. They were giving me poppers. I'm like, oh like, my goodness! I was on acid most of the time. At 13. Yeah, I did my first hit of acid at the eighth grade. I was done with most things by 16. Wow. I was mm-hmm. over it by then. Was you like, were over it by then? Yeah, I was over it. Huh. And uh, I'm like, eh. But, yeah, I had a lot of good trips. I do wonder what that did to my formative mind. I mean, I think growing up how I did and then just being a natural born weirdo, I guess. And then starting drugs other early. People, and then starting dr- I always wonder, like, how, like, I think. I mean, maybe that's why. I don't know. I think differently, I think. Mm. Well, I people. think that once you expand your mind with hallucinogenics, especially, and, and all drugs, really. And I'm, yes. you know, I think. I'm very ev- pro-hallucinogenics. Well, that's the thing is that you, once you, you sort of break the fourth wall of consciousness yes. and you get to see that everything is alive. Everything is vibrating everything. at a different level. And it gives you a respect and a reverence for the living world. I think that is completely correct, and it's like it's uh, Dr. Albert Hoffman who actually created LSD. Uh, I saw that doc that documentary yeah, about it was wild. Yeah, yeah. So it's like 1943, and he's in Switzerland, and he accidentally gets lysergic acid on his hand. And as he said, he rode his bicycle through the forest going home, and he didn't know what was going to happen when that stuff fell on his hand. So right. imagine the purest amount of acid you've ever had in your life, like original. And he's driving through the forest on his bicycle, and he said he saw everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just, that's kind of, I would say, what it does. I mean, Cary Grant took over, I think, 500 acid trips under, I mean, the thing was, is that it was all very controlled. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, obviously, I think Vietnam and the, the establishment had never seen people freaking it out with long hair and, like, beginning to think freely. Mm-hmm. Because imagine, like, post-war 1950s, it was a totally different ballgame. Right. All of a sudden, there's all these freaks with long hair, like, doing stuff they've never done and, like, rebelling and... 
And knowing that these psychotropic drugs were definitely expanding minds, they needed to shut that down, and they did. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, people are very afraid of you. When you, when you can't control the public, you know, um, the the establishment gets very, very. Uh, uh, they try. They try, but they get very worried. But you know, I always notice the people when I used to trip. I tripped all through my twenties. Uh, the people who freaked out were the ones who were so locked wound into tight. Wound, so tight wound tight and locked into the, the, uh, a, a viewpoint of of life. Uh, that, that I think is an illusion. That is an illusion. It, it is, is no question an illusion. illusion. So when that illusion gets cracked, they literally they, lose it. they don't know how to. Yeah, it's too big. Yeah, it's too big. And so there, it, it, you have to expand. You have to deconstruct your belief system, bef- right. and it has to die I before you can look rebuild at it, it and unpack it. Thank like you. Unpack. So is it like yeah. the blue pill, red pill thing? It's a- it is. In, in in essence, we're talking about the matrix. It is like that. But you know, it really does help um, if you never thought that way. I always felt like the boy you fell to earth so i, I never I was, not, I was i was the the yeah with the most perfect orange hair color in the world David yes Bowie, the man who fell to earth thank you oh but my god yes i was always like i i know i don't belong here right. i know i'm here for a reason everybody's here for a reason i suppose but i know i have some big thing that i need to do and then i can just i'm out yes wow well but see when i dropped acid the first time it was the f- confirmation of the world the living world As that i had thought it was, was all there. the time i suspected this is what it is but i couldn't get anyone else to uh commiserate with me like <laughs> is this uh, finally it happened and i was like yes you found somebody to talk to this is the world that i always imagined yeah, yeah. and so yeah. so you're in oregon well now i want to go do acid well so, you know no, it's uh, very, like a little bit you know you don't have to start at the eighth grade dance like i did well right? you could uh, start with mushrooms which is doesn't mushrooms get... i would go mushrooms yeah not, is that not. like ayahuasca no no not at all okay. uh Ayahuasca is like, I think, the big granddaddy of everything. Right. I've not done that. Um, it's, no, I would say like psilocybin mushrooms, like they say, like microdosing, which is not even really making you particularly high. It actually is a complete, they're doing massive research on it right now, especially in Germany, as to how it like actually rewires your brain and cures depression. And it's not like a, like a St. John's wort thing. It actually really is rewiring people's Not a placebo. Brains. It's, it's a, not a placebo. Yeah. It's actually an effect. Wow. wow. So you're 13, uh, you know, running around with these uh, transsexuals in Oregon as Charlie Chaplin. Collecting cans because they give you 10 cents a can. Now I remember that. Buying my wet and wild red lip liner, thank you, mm. and my Aquanet. Mm-hmm. Can't oh live without it. I had, I had like punk short hair and like, but I had like, I, had, I used so much Aquanet, my bangs snapped off on it. <laughs> Literally, I hit them with my hand and they just flew across the room. I was like, oh! I love that. I could totally relate also, to that. Also, Aquanet makes a great flamethrower. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it does. does. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. And so, okay, so and that at this point, how did you get from Oregon to Hollywood? Yeah. Well, what happened is I wound up going to Seattle, um, and my dad had uh, was escaping something in Montreal, so he was driving like a bat out of hell, and we wound up meeting in Seattle, and I lived there for about a year and a half, and uh, not really my scene. Um, because I was wearing lipstick and had dyed black hair, and they they were pretty granola mm-hmm. overall, and, and you're like a goth girl. Didn't and... really like. I wasn't really a goth. I was just like this moth. I was like a cross between a mod and a goth. Mm-hmm. And like I just always had my own weird thing going on. Mm. But um, I just didn't blend. Uh, you know how that is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they just some people just know you're different, and they. Uh, but Seattle was nicer about it than Oregon. Oregon, they want to kill you for being right. different. They just want to just like they. It's like an insect. Instead of looking, whoa, I've never seen those the spots on wings. They just want to kill it. Right. Exactly. And that's a lot of this country, and it's a big problem. It and, is a big problem. And I'm like, but what if 
it, because I think it's like human acid. I think it blows their mind that like the idea that there could be something different yeah. or a, a different approach to life. Yeah. And that just, but I'm like, don't you want to be free? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be free of the societal constructs that you know deep down are bullshit, which is why you feel empty, which is why, you know, especially like, you know, honestly, like patriarchal white male dominance, especially like that, like, you know, it's an illusion. You know, the superiority trip is an illusion. And that's, what I think, like deep down, like, especially in Hollywood, like these guys get like, they're just, there's a lot of emptiness. And I think it's a lot of it is based on that, like earn what your worth is. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about born to it. that with you for a minute, too, because this whole new Rose McGowan reborn. It's, it's not actually new. That's what I was, was going to say. It's always it's been just, there. It came out in public finally. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I always did my activism privately because I hated when I was an actress, how I was sold. And uh, there was no Instagram or Twitter. You couldn't speak for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every interview was slanted, sold by the studio in a sure. certain way and had absolutely nothing to do with who I was. And But if you actually read my interviews, my very first interview I ever did in a magazine, uh, someone reminded me recently, like my first two words in print were fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, That stuff doesn't usually just pop up. You know it's lived with you forever. No, I, when I was 11, I was handing out anti-Ayatollah Khomeini flyers on the AB in Seattle protesting his treatment of women and children in Iran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure I made a real dent in that. Well, I, 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 I don't want to get too far ahead, but you know, I just want to go was, back. I want to yeah. go back to the, the cult thing because okay. I don't understand um, if you're if your parents were um, uh, in this sort of cult storyline, how we escaped, how you escaped and how did you, you still come out with this sort of open mind towards the universe? Well, I was just always that way. You know, they would sit on my bed, not my parents, but because there's like 200 people in the group. It was Um, a commune. It was a commune. And they would sit on my bed at the end of the night, just randomly different people saying, Rose, have you let God into your heart today? And I would say, no, not today. Try tomorrow. (laughs) And as I reasoned, it was not that I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in their God. Right. And I knew if I said I believed in God, they just wanted me to say it so they could feel okay. Yes. Like, right. I've never been able to do that. Like, yeah. I was locked up in drug rehab when I was 13. That's what I escaped from and became homeless after that because mm-hmm. I'd done one hit of acid. And that, that one hit of acid at the eighth grade dance really changed the trajectory. Of, mm. Or it was just didn't change. It was always that trajectory. I was mm-hmm. always like, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm fully grown. I might be miniature, unfortunately. Um, I took my parents to court, which were close. You know, my dad died, but we were close after. Emancipated. I, I represented him. I was my own lawyer at 15 and, oh, and divorced my, my parents. But I needed to get my own bank. I just couldn't have anyone control me. I hated yeah. it. And then, of course, I went Are you up- a Virgo by chance? Yes. Oh, my God. Makes complete, <laughs> what? Makes complete sense. So am I. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I can't you have can't this yoke around yes. my neck. Uh. But, of course, then in Hollywood, that's exactly what happened. Right, right. right. Like, the cult finally got me. Well, the point. cult of Hollywood. Yeah. We, we're going to take a quick break. We've got Rose McGowan. So much to talk about. And we're only up to 13. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Michelle, I can't even tell you how much value I've gotten out of therapy over the years. Oh, I know it, honey. Talk about, you know, de- de- deconstructing the way my brain thinks and then having someone to talk about uh, all of these things with yeah. is so... Uh, 
interesting and beautiful, and it's like a flower blooming. A lot of people think they can do it on their own, and let me tell you, we're not here to tell you that you can't do it on your own, that you can work on yourself, you can try to deconstruct, but having somebody that knows how to help you sift through yeah. them and isn't, isn't emotionally charged right. is the way to go. And that's where Talkspace works. I love Talkspace. That's where they enter. You can join over 300,000 users who already know that with Talkspace, you can text, you can audio message, which is my favorite thing to do. You can video message your therapist as many times as you want without having to wait a week for your next appointment. Because, Rue, that's the most frustrating things when you, you're writing down stuff to talk about when a lot of therapists are like, no, just talk about what's coming up at the moment in time. Yes, No, exactly. I want to talk about stuff. Yeah. But Talkspace is basically your therapist and they're always in your pocket or on your computer. And let me break it down. Let me deconstruct this. Okay. okay. This is how it works. You go to Talkspace.com slash Rue, or you're going to download their app on your mobile. Then you're going to speak with a Talkspace therapist representative, and that's where you're going to share who you are, what you want to get out of therapy, what you need. And then you're going to pick a plan, and you're going to be assigned a therapist that best fits your need. Now, that's the important part, because you want someone who understands what you're going through and someone that you actually relate to. Oh, and honey, sometimes it'll take a few. Yeah. And that's fine. Talkspace is there for that. And with Talkspace, you don't just have professional that you see once a week, but someone right at your fingertips to be there for you consistently when you need it and someone you can always go to. So for $30 off your first month and check it out, you can go to Talkspace.com slash Rue or you can download the Talkspace app on the Apple or Android. You know how to do it and use the coupon code RU and just know you guys that with Talkspace, you're never alone. We've got Rose McGowan, such a life, such an incredible life. And I, 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 I'm trying to wrap my brain around. I shouldn't. I shouldn't well, try I'm to write my brain. I'm writing a book right now. You're writing a book. Yeah, what, what, do you have a title? Brave. Brave. Right on, lady. So, uh, okay. It's we like were a memoir slash manifesto. Oh, I love it. it it's fantastic. Who and Memifesto. Memifesto. <laughs> Are you writing this for yourself or for for young Everybody. women? For everyone? No, not no, not like I speak very specifically to men in this book. I I'm, I'm actually putting. It's it's a tough book. It's been a like. Have you you've. It, Books are beasts, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people don't, they expect you to, like, if you're writing to go out to dinner and you're like, wait, I'm stuck in some hellish childhood thing right now. And, right. Uh, you're stuck in it. It's very weird. And it's it's definitely the beast of my life right now. Um, it's due, it was due last Friday. And did, did you meet the deadline? <laughs> no. Oh. But That's maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that womp womp. Sorry. But it's, I'm drawing parallels between the cult of Hollywood and the cult I grew up in mm-hmm. and the cult of thought that I've really noticed in America and throughout the world, but very specifically in America. I came when I was 11 and I noticed, you know, there was this whole big thing about Russian, Russian propaganda when I came to American schools. They're always talking about that. And I'm like, what do you guys think you're doing? Mm-hmm. Like, your propaganda is real. Yes. Real deep. Yeah. Like, seriously deep. You only need to go out of the country to know that. Correct. Well, I felt that way with the Bible when they said um, they said something. I didn't read the Bible, but I was told it says, um, uh, I am one God and, and I'm a jealous God. I'm like, jealous of who? If you're the one God, who are you jealous of? Yeah. No, and no, I no, could no, never no, figure no, that no, out. Beyonce. It didn't make it. Beyonce, yeah. exactly. One, God, one true God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so th- and th- that was the first time my brain said, wait a minute, this doesn't make any there sense. There was a lot of it that I was like, what? Um, also, it's just, it's arbitrary. It's, it goes, and, 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 and it's written by men and that benefits men. Right, you know, right. It, it benefits. And we came originally from, you know, during like Egypt from a matriarchal society. And once that was exploded, um, never to come back, it's been... 
like the great myth, the great myth, uh, the great propaganda that's been pushed forth to the world from the Bible, mostly. I mean, that's so, uh, you know, I deal with that a little bit in the book. And but it's a lot of my stories woven through just like living a really brave life, Mm -hmm. um, which I have. You've always been balls out. Yeah, always. always. Yeah, just why not? Like, yeah. what's my alternative? I don't know the alternative. I agree. I yeah. literally don't know it. And I can tell you two are like that. Yeah, too. absolutely. So Go now uh, you yeah. were 13. And uh, at what point did you find your tribe? That's a hard one to say. I found people here and there all over the world. I have more friends internationally than I do in America. Um, and I love America. I love the way it looks. Um, I love the nature. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of things about it. I've been having a much harder time being a patriot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think patriot is necessarily what it means here. Right. I, I don't believe the, the, the mythology surrounding that here either. But um, what point? Uh, then, you know, the, my first tribe were the transsexuals. Mm-hmm. That, the gay community was my tribe. That, mm-hmm. Those were my people. These were my brothers. They raised me. Mm-hmm. I, I raised them. You know, we, I held my friends dying in my arms. You know, I'm about to direct actually a piece on this woman that I've never heard of in history, and her name's Ruth Coker Burks. And I wrote the thing; it's called Keeper of Memories, and I'm going to expand it into a longer film. She's a woman from Georgia in 1984, like right when AIDS was really just busting out, and Georgia. And they had she was visiting a friend in the hospital, and the next door they had like this like hazmat thing over the mm-hmm. the door next door, and she was like, "What's that about?" She heard this young boy crying out for his mother. And she saw the nurses in the hallway. I'm doing this in the script. They're playing paper, rock, scissors to see who's going to have to go in. Mm-hmm. And at this point, undertakers weren't taking people. The hospital wouldn't treat them. And so this young woman, like a like a bell of society there, um, went, snuck into the room and sat with this young boy, Billy. Weirdly enough, her mother was eccentric and had deeded her 400 plots in a cemetery mm-hmm. so she could ban the rest of the family from being buried there. And so this woman, this young woman, had 400 plots in a cemetery. She started, I mean, it's more real than the Dallas Buyers Club. She said she's never seen such love as she saw between partners holding their partner that was dying. Mm-hmm. She personally hand-buried over 400 men because undertakers wouldn't touch them. Mm-hmm. And she bought, like, all these um, cookie jars that to use as urns. Mm-hmm. And she called herself Keeper of Memories because she's the only one who knows where these graves are. Wow. And their families wouldn't come for them. And this young boy, Billy, was crying out. He wanted his mom and he wanted his red dress. Mm. Aww. And so, when what's he, her name? What was her name? Ruth Coker Burns. Ruth Coker Burns. And is I'm this Atlanta? About her. This, is a, this is just a little town. Uh, this is maybe Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not exactly sure where in Georgia. Come mm-hmm. think of it. But um, no, she just she was on the front line hard, and mm-hmm. without any kind of knowledge of the gay community, of like anything about a just just human compassion, just mm-hmm. humanity. She yeah. was mm-hmm. just humanity, and and she said she learned more about love from seeing partners together than she ever had from heterosexuals or her family mm-hmm. and this was just a this was like a and she she i mean she was helping them fill out their death certificates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's real like yeah. this woman went through like and and them and she she just found them and they found her so like over 400 and something have like, you directed anything before yes i directed a film called dawn um about a year and a half ago it was nominated for grand jury prize at sundance and qualified for the oscar wow, wow. That's amazing yeah. dawn. dawn and is it available out there somewhere yeah i actually um, it was in theaters and I put it on YouTube because I don't want to make money from it. I wanted to promote art and thought for free. And it's set in 1961 and it's incredibly beautiful and it's it's kind of like a haunting jewel. Right. It, can you, can the two, 
narratives coexist. You know, being a rebel and being uh, doing your own thing, but also working within the Hollywood system. I don't and, agree with the Hollywood system, and I don't believe I have to work within it. But, but there are people who have been able to to keep both narratives going. Keep. I don't stay think I'm true. that person. You're not that person. <laughs> I don't think so. Mostly because I terrify people in this town. I walk through a restaurant and they just look at me like, ah, oh. their eyes get, they're terrified of me. Should they Men be? Men here are terrified. I guess. They should be? I, I, I mean, no. I think it's okay to just think differently. I think it's okay to understand that you have this privilege that you need to destroy. I don't think it's okay for 96% of, so if people look at the DGA, that's the Directors Guild, their union, it was 96% males. Mm-hmm. And so with that, and that statistic hasn't changed since 1946. So that mm-hmm. means the thought and propaganda going out for the world is largely white male. And it's America's number one export. And people mm-hmm. think like, oh, Hollywood is like this. I'm like, Hollywood spreads to the world. Like we're making mad inroads into China right now. We're just serving up slop on a stick. And we mm-hmm. all know they call them the flyover states here, mm-hmm. which is classist. Mm. And they just like throw a slap on a screen. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, this will make money. And and the thing is, like Hollywood is a myth. Hollywood. It was Hollywood Land. It was a real estate company's name. Land fell down in 1929. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why the ladies here fight so hard to get a seat at the table. Where they, don't, I'm like, start your own goddamn table. Right. What are you right. doing? Well, this perfect point because what responsibility does the audience, does women have? To make that happen, because, you know, um, in this past election, 53 percent of white women were complicit in. Do you know what their? Can you imagine what their husbands and their fathers are like and their brothers? You know what they're like. I, okay, I sure you do. know what they're yeah. like. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, what these women, had they not been around those men, do you think they would have voted that way? No, I know women specifically wives of, of husbands that are so white controlling and, and controlling yep. and they earn the I money. I know that's and, what it is. And I know that if they weren't with them, they Some would not have voted. for sure just dickheads. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. But a lot, it's because the brainwashing, the conditioning, yes. their area, yep. just because they're married white women, I'm like married is the key word here. Notice that single white women didn't. So what's the difference here? That would be the attachment. Well, yeah, yes, but devil's advocate, you know, also... Um, also, they could be total douchebags. They could be douchebags, but also <laughs> there's, there is a, a, um, there's a, a lifestyle, a, 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 there's, a, there's a, a doctrine of yeah. w- the way they've been um, processed and... Completely. Lived. They've been brainwashed. They, yes. it's, it's brain- it's called, so, it is. It's, Gloria Steinem got in trouble for it, but I don't care. She's like, it's true. You have been culturally brainwashed because when I came here, I was like, yo, y'all are brainwashed. Like, I was 11 when I saw that. And I was always in trouble at schools uh, when I went to schools because I was always trying to point out hypocrisy, double standards. This also doesn't make sense. Why are you living your life this way? Why are you going small? Like, why keep your life small? Because not everybody's able to go big. Why not? I don't, I disagree. Well, I I, I go back to Bewitched. I was having this discussion yesterday. I love the show Bewitched. The only thing that ruins it today is the laugh track. But here was an enlightened being who was going to outlive everybody Uh uh, on the, she's, and smarter than everybody. And she has to deal with all these idiots. But she has to deal with them all, and she has to make herself small because she wanted to experience love. She wanted to experience human love in this planet. She knew it wasn't going to be forever she's immortal so here's this this is a pivotal 
television it's pretty show. She's so smart, and 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 for every um, time she had to write a, a slogan for one of these products, she would dissect what the product was, get it down to its very basics, and then come up with a slogan about. But here she, but you but give it to her husband, so he can and give it to him, so yeah, he could he do can it. Look like but he can she, get the credit. But she understood the game. She understood right. that she knew that I the game wasn't going to happen. But I don't. I, it's not my game. But because it's because a game. Because I think the game's an illusion. I don't it is think an it, illusion. So I can't play in that illusion. But I got to tell you, Rose, my 10th grade teacher told me, uh, he said, RuPaul, and I was in a terrible place, do not take life too seriously. Right. I didn't get it then. I certainly get it now. And the key word is too seriously. Oh, I think it's all absurd. You've got to laugh. Oh, You've got to laugh me, at it I do. and not let it hurt your heart. And the same with this election. I'm still not over it yet, no. but um, I've got to I say... I don't think we can be because it's no. ongoing. It's yeah. ongoing. It's yeah. Whether fuckery we might all die. Fuckery, like we're after fuckery. We're like on a giant bus careening off a cliff with blindfolded idiot drivers. Clearly. And nobody's... Yeah, and they're driving over the bodies of women and everybody different. Everybody. Yep. everybody. But everybody. then you have to ask, I go back to the original question, which is, what responsibility to do women Women and people of color and in are complicit in this yeah. storyline. They're in the matrix. They're in the matrix. They don't have to be. You can literally opt out. You for you, to. for you, but you, you know, but and for me. But that's because I was raised differently, informed differently. I know this. But I, my book, like I want to, like there's a woman I know. I know the way when I speak to people, I can actually I flip their brains and I leave a lot of them with just I want ten percent more consciousness from every level of consciousness. That's what I'm going for. Like, I want, I don't care if you're still stupid. I just want you 10% faster. That 10%, if everyone on the freeway is going 10% faster, you'd all be going 150 miles an hour. Mm-hmm, It'd be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, just streamline it. Just evolve 10%. So what I've been doing very purposefully um, is kind of being an agitator, uh, like punching at the matrix, just glitching it. Mm-hmm, like, what? Mm-hmm. Fucking with the sacred cows. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're not sacred to me. I didn't, you didn't ask me to join your mafia. You just assumed I'd keep your secrets. Mm. Yes, but you you don't want to harm yourself, and there's nothing more dangerous than ignorant people. And I go back to Samantha Stevens. Oh, they might kill me. Is that what you mean? Well, but or or make your life just really miserable. I'm not doing. No, I have like an incredible life, um, and I have amazing people in my life, and I. But you're on a mission. But I'm on a mission. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to have one. It's okay to have a mission. I just want to go back to Samantha Stevens for a minute because, as an enlightened. Uh, uh, you know, ascended master, really. She was a, a, you know, she understood the game. She didn't take it too seriously because she knew she was going to go un, unchanged mm-hmm. no matter what you guys do. And I, she could snap out of it any moment. She didn't take it too seriously. She knew her husband was an idiot. She knew everybody around her was an idiot. Right. She pl- she was going to play the game See, along. Where she and I are different is that I cannot abide idiots. Like, I, I, I can't do it. I've had to do it. I did it for so long in Hollywood in my mm. career. I had so many idiots thumbs over me, abusive thumbs, and I was supposed to just take it and and absorb it. And the thing is, like, yes, you've lived your life differently. Um, but just like I do not know what it's like to be a black man, uh, I can guess at a lot of things. I know what it's like to constantly be discounted. Mm-hmm. I know what it's constantly like to be like I used to get followed in every store I ever went into because I looked like a weirdo. Everyone mm-hmm. thought I stole, which I never did. Mm. Um, I the harassment, the constant. But what I tried to explain it to like this kind of broy guy the other night was sexism was. And I go, it's a little like you know, uh, 
So imagine, okay, you're spending 45 minutes, you bought this girl two drinks, you like, and then this guy swoops in and totally cock blocks you mm-hmm. for no reason. And you're like, man, I just wasted 45 minutes of my life. Now imagine that six times a day, every fucking day, mm-hmm. just by some random idiot you run into mm-hmm. or a big idiot or like not an idiot, but they just do this unconsciously. They, they don't get necessarily what they're doing. It's not necessarily that they're evil. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're not. Open not, and enlightened. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And the thing is, is like I my specialty is dropping like brain droppings that kind of pop a mm-hmm. thought open, and then I leave. You do your own work. You unpack your own shit. But I'm gonna give you one little tool here to do it, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna I'm out. And that guy like was like, "Whoa, that's the first time I've understood what sexism was." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's just like being blocked all the time for right. no reason. One reason because um, you have a vagina, right? Yeah. And the, and it, it is that one reason, and it's such a boring reason. It is. It is. So oh my god, it's boring. so basic. I think I'm like you're so. That's the thing. Like I don't want to make like you know Mandela paraphrasing it. Don't make yourself smaller to make another right. slight shine bigger. I believe in that. I don't believe in making myself smaller. I did for a long time. I, I didn't. I was a bad celebrity. I was a good, very good actress, very strong actress, and nobody ever asked me about my methods, but I had them, and and I did deep. I look so different all the time because mm-hmm. I changed my weight, the teeth, the hair color, every single, my posture, my cadence for every single role. And I did that so I could throw off the public constantly too. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look, you know, I would be left alone more because if you're not somebody that comes here with that hole in your chest that needs it, it's, it, it's, it's a very different ball game for somebody that just wants to do it as a trade. Mm-hmm. Do very good job as that trade, mm-hmm. but I was never in love with that trade. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm also really good at tying my shoes. Yeah. As a former actor, you don't have any interest of doing yeah. it anymore. I just turned down a job with a, this guy that like one can, and, and it's a great script, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I just don't want to be in service to other people's ideas anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a lot of my own, and I'm, I've been in the last like two and a half years, been kind of building this DIY multimedia empire behind the scenes. That's mm-hmm. in it's in the the final stretch of I see the end in sight before it can all come out. And what that's going to be is like kind of starting in November. Every two months, I'm going to be hitting a release in different, like if everything's like a bicycle wheel, like a different spoke. Like I have a skincare line I've been working on for nine years. I synthesized a lake in eastern Washington. There's only two like it in the world. Um, it's like heel skin. The Native Americans used to take these muds and all this stuff. And then, but also like music, book, TV, film, all these things. Producing and writing. Producing and writing, but also hitting it from all sides, like hitting the public from all sides. If you make inroads into just one genre or one one bicycle spoke, then you're hitting those people. I want all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk all about that. We got Rose McGowan. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Michelle, what'd you cook for dinner last night? Oh, thank you for asking, Rue. Uh. Well, last night the blue uh, the blue apron actually came yesterday, uh-huh. and Lola's like, "Can I have some ribs?" You know, uh, we get the ribs from Whole Foods that she loves. Yeah, I don't like touching slabs of ribs, right. but anyway, I'd make them for my kid. Yeah. With that said, Blue Apron this week, um, the meals are that we got mm-hmm. was knockwurst with New England baked beans and coleslaw, mm-hmm. or chicken parmesan that wasn't deep fried it was made in a skillet so it's oh. much healthier without breading on it yeah and um fresh garlic parmesan rolls with, mm. with it right yeah so i they opted for the chicken parmesan mm-hmm. i made it i killed it i killed that shit yeah. it was amazing so it was chicken parmesan it went into the oven then i put the rolls in with it yeah and then i made summer squash which is I ate the summer squash mm-hmm. and I put some onions in it, even though it didn't call for that, but some onions and garlic with the summer squash and made that up. They were happy with the other stuff and I ate the summer squash and gave them a little bit and it was so easy to make. You sit there, I'm telling you, you guys, you get the box of stuff for mm-hmm. less than $10 a meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients. It's all there. Yeah. 
and they tell you what to do. You just read off of the thing. You make delicious home-cooked meals. They loved it. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you're going to make incredible meals, and that's what I made last night. So they set the highest quality standards. You guys know how picky I am. Mm-hmm. I love it. They have a community of 150 artisanal suppliers, so they know where everything's coming from. I see. They're not trusting somebody else. They know exactly where the products are coming from. They know that their family-run farms, their fisheries, the ranchers. They know everybody. So some of the upcoming meals include warm smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and Oh, you had me at fingerling. I knew I did. Uh I'm saying your words. But how about garlic croutons? Oh, girl. How about spiced zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice? You know I live for an enchilada. Uh, Peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. Oh, my goodness. It all sounds so delicious. This is Blue Apron at its best. Yes. And you can customize your recipes each week. So if I look at it and say, you know what? My family had enough red meat. Yeah. I don't want red meat this week. I'll switch it out for something else. You can choose delivery options to fit your needs. No weekly commitment if you want to skip a week. Mm -hmm. I've skipped four weeks when I was away. Uh You know, it's easy to do, you guys. And each meal comes with a step-by-step, really easy-to-follow recipe. I'm telling you, if you never know what to make, Blue Apron is going to change your life. It's super affordable. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. Not one, but three. With free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash ru. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We are back with Rose McGowan. My goodness, so much, so much. Does you, you you're s- clearly so highly. You're you're rocking some a lot of stuff. You're smart. Always been too smart for school. Always been too smart. Well, that's too funny. People aware. Always, I've had so many people say like you're too smart for this. I'm like, no, I'm too smart for you. You have a hard time finding people that you can hang out with. Yes. I would imagine. But not like because I'm like this intense all the time. We're just happen to be talking yeah, about yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more just... Yeah, but on your level. Yeah, that's a... Uh, my friend, my French friend calls me Ferrari brain. <laughs> right. I love it. It's just, it just, it's a Virgo. It's an analytical mind. You know, it just does that thing. And, and that was the part with acting for me because acting, it takes emotion, stamina, and, but not, it's not cerebral. And mm-hmm. for me, that's where I live. I live in my mind. And... Mm-hmm. And I felt like my brain was atrophying. It was. I felt like I was dying. And but can't you do both? Can't you be like no. a hybrid car and just and because the I don't balance, know if Rose can. the about the ability to balance the meditation or whatever, yeah. the ability to find the balance in both places but is. I hate it. There needs to be interest. You hate what? Acting. You hate acting. I've always hated. I, I I realized that was the problem, and and honestly, I related more to trans people than I ever had because I was in the incorrect skin of life. Mm-hmm. I was so uncomfortable. Everybody imagine coming up to you is relating to this idea of you that's not remotely close to you and you're trapped, mm-hmm. you know, and people like expect you to be a certain way, always react to as if you're going to be a certain way, which is in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't make allowance for who you actually are. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that gets tricky. And for me, like I'm interested in being somebody else, maybe for like four days, but not two months. Right. Like, I'd rather be in my own brain, and I've got too much. To but do. again, think. Go back to Samantha Stevens. Here's someone who knows how long Samantha Stevens was alive. Maybe she had been alive. She, in yeah, right. the, basically, who wrote Samantha Stevens. What's she exactly? Exactly. She and then she. So of ta- course she's gonna she's gonna be a perfect role model for all the women in America. Look, your goofy husband, but and give him the good ideas. Well, he takes the credit. And yeah, but she ends she up being the smarter love. one. Well, of course she's in the, the smarter end. one. And in the but the, she was always the smarter one. She was always the smarter one. But she's also smart enough to know that not, there's nothing they could throw at her that, that could diminish handle. her yeah. or that she is eternal. So she knew. 
uh, Cleopatra. She knew, right. and her mother would say, "What? Are, why are you wasting your time with this stuff?" Yeah, I like the truth. Oh, the truth. She was my yes. girl. But uh, uh, um, Samantha said, um, "This is but a blip." So she didn't let it get to her. Right. She could. She yes. She just played small. She played small, and that's what we, the audience, saw. and that but, trained the audience. People watch stuff and they mirror that, and that's they, where it gets dangerous. But when you t- when you take another two steps back and get, and look at that same thing, you realize, no, she was actually the smarter one. Yes, but not. It de- it depends on what you want. Also, so far as I know, I'm not immortal. Pity. I've always wanted to be. A your thoughts are no. You are immortal. Actually, am, your yeah. thoughts, the things that you're thinking, and the things that you want other I, I people am. to think are are timeless, they're timeless. and they're they're. But the the problem, and I'm 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 arguing this point I too because did, I I, I come that, from that same place, that. and I've learned it just that didn't work for me personally. It, I've learned that it's important to not take it all too serious. All everything you're saying is absolutely spot on. Right, it's but spot I'm still on. in fight mode. But you, you have but, to be. but fight right mode. You have to, you're here to experience this life. I am, and to, and it's important to not take it too serious. Not that it's not serious. It's- There's certain points, like right now in my book, it's intense. And you know, when you're writing your book, it, it kind of writes you at the same time. Yeah. Right? It and you find out everything things up about yourself. And you that- relive it. And I'm really in this mode right yeah. now. That's This is my focus. Mm-hmm. I so get I'm it. really in that mode. Um, when the book comes out, I'm going to have a ceremonial burning and let mm-hmm. all that go. But. Uh, right now, it's a focus, and and right now I do have a mission, and it's a it's you know it's something that I don't really care if I make other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was on NPR recently, and the male host, of course, goes, "What if what you're saying makes men uncomfortable?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Do you remember when you were little and you were uncomfortable because your legs hurt because you had growing pains? Guess what? You got taller. Mm-hmm. Bonus. Don't you want to do that internally?" Isn't it okay to be uncomfortable? People are so afraid to be uncomfortable. I'm like, it passes just like anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. You got wet mm-hmm. jeans on. That's uncomfortable. Take them off. Right. Your legs hurt. You're going to be taller. Grow. It's okay. Like, the, the fact is that I think so many males are so locked in. And I feel bad for them. I really do. It's terrible. I feel they're really, in a box. I feel a great pity for them. I don't feel that much of a pity because they're hurting us. Uh, but um, because they're, you know, in control. So I, I can't feel that much pity. But I do feel bad for them as a pathetic species in some ways. Like, damn, you could have such a big life. It doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to conform to this idea of what you're supposed to be. You don't have to, in America specifically, it seems like the only emotional training that they're given here, the only time you can show emotion is around sports so you can rage, and that's a, like a like an angry emotion. Like, what's wrong? That's so sad. You're so, like, that breaks my heart for you. Hmm. Don't you want to experience it all internally and emotionally and, like, physically? Like, I want all of it. Yes, but see what what you realize too, and I, I actually want to ask you about: Have you carried any of that spiritual practice from your youth at all, or uh, into your life? But what you realize in the whole situation is that they, those people, are your teacher. You no, are not I, I've their learned teacher. Mm, I've learned enough. From I still have a lot more to learn. You, you to, to learn not from, what to from learn? the type from the the the. I've also, as you have, met more people than most will in like two hundred lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So. It's not like I live in Enid, Oklahoma, and I'm making these pronouncements based on my tiny town I've never seen outside of that. Like, I'm very familiar with the world. Yeah. Um, and how societies work, how they're different, how they're similar, how they can improve. And having grown up and worked outside of every societal norm, I, I watch patterns and I see where things could just be and fixed, done. And then I can go, cool. But I got to give it a shot. 
I have to. Give it, like, you should. This you, has been, see, yeah. acting was always, I always knew, when I was six, I knew it was going to be famous before I ever saw a movie and knew what fame was. I just always knew, but I always knew it wasn't the big thing. Mm-hmm. It was not the big thing in my life, but it was going to get me a platform. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you're well-known, and I spent like seven years deconstructing uh, being famous for the wrong reasons and breaking that down and killing it. Um, and coming into my own, because imagine you're 17 and then for 20 years, every single thing that comes out of your mouth is something a white male wrote for you to say. It's mm-hmm. fucking meta and deep. Mm-hmm. And then you're shot by one, interpreted by one, sold by one, sold to them. And the way I was sold was like my worth was valued by like how much semen you could extract from the masses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have a different perspective on it than you. I don't. I've had a different life. And in a female body and especially the sex symbol, former sex symbol, you know, we don't get out of here alive. No. This town is paved on our bodies. Right. You know, it makes people insane. And then you'll be dragged their mind when that starts to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was dragged. Do you have a a spiritual practice? I'm actually funny. I'm going to start transcendental meditation. I have my own as a very. um, Like for a long time, like the thing I related to the most, I thought, was the astronaut out there on the rope floating by himself. But then I realized I was actually the stars watching him. I'm the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So that's where I live mm-hmm. in my mind and, and, and kind of in my heart and in my spirituality. I, I, it's so connected to, like, I kind of feel like I'm 10% off the ground all the time, like trying to get home in some weird way. I love that. I love the imagery of that. But even, but as you said that, I, I, I saw you as the stars looking at Earth and seeing, and that quiet, that, that silent I love stillness of that, that picture there. There's so much to be learned about how to navigate this life from that experience, from that silence. And, and that's, that's where, uh, it's not even, it's not being content. It's, that's where, the balance can come in because right. all the things you're talking about, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But who else is going to do it? Ruth? Well, the, 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 who else is going to do the it? The universe, but for me. those stars that, that there is a balance in that universe Correct. with the stars and the, the floating. It's all actually yeah. from that perspective, it's all perfect. And no. that's what I see. It's all temp. It's all this, but why not go in and twist some dials? Sure, do it. But, 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 but never, rem- don't forget your, your own, oh, your own peace and your own enjoyment. Now, you, when you walked in here, you talked about you had been to McDonald's. Well, I was in a hurry. I don't. <laughs> oh, I we're not judging. My, we're not judging. I broke my don't McDonald's judge. habit last year. <laughs> Did you have a habit? 12 step yeah, program? I had a habit. 12 step program? 12 step program, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But what did you eat? Happy meals. And <laughs> that I was your drug of choice? Meals. I get two happy meal orders. And your body seems to never change. No. No, actually, and it does. I eat a lot of pasta. You, you used to be this voluptuous girl. Uh, well, I, yeah. I gained weight for rolls. I would gain weight, like on Charmed, I gained 15 pounds on purpose because I came in, it was very strategic because I knew I was coming in to a show that had in the fourth season and it made, most shows don't survive major cast changes. And uh, it was kind of my determination not to let it die. Kind of, Maybe I should have sometimes, I don't know. But I was like, no. So I knew the only way, and I knew a lot of people are going to be against me the second I came on the screen because they were really attached to the other character. Um, and so I knew... That if I made myself like as cutesy and l- as likable and soft as possible, I have much sharper angles on my face than Paige does. Right. But I gained that weight on purpose so I could be like, like mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. and it worked. I doubled the ratings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. And it became the longest running female show in TV history. See, you know, this thing is, keeps striking me about you is that you are a shapeshifter and you've always been. That's funny. Been. That's what my ex called me. And the thing is, um, 
but there is um there you you are you are also stubborn and grounded in mm. this this ideal yeah. that I'm I'm um I was raised by idealist. So so th- that's and the that's part okay. that's the dichotomy for me because I think Talk about this, the, the character I, on Charmed, right. which is pliable. Yeah, there that was, has that to was be actually the hardest character I've ever played because it was beyond unlike me. That was your teacher. She was your teacher. I'm getting this. I didn't this, need five years of teaching. Well, but, yeah. you know, listen, it's it's an interesting thing when, you, when you're when you out there on the rope and the stars and you look back and you see your journey when you're in that place and you go, oh, look here. Oh, look there. Of they, course, you you do. You, Download all the information you crunch. I think you should anyway. Yes. Like really look at where you've come from, where you want to go. Um, but I don't like. I could be in Istanbul tomorrow. I have no clue. I've always lived my life as an adventurer, but I but I am a fighter, and that is different than most people. When are you going to put the glass? Is there? A Why time? do I have to? Because because the idea of being human on this planet is to let it be to be an observer. You came here to observe. No, I didn't. What What are you here for? I'm here to stir shit up. I did for not who? come for, for who? For because I've been of service in a way to take people. When I was an actress, I knew I was being of service, as you are. And before in a cult. And before in a cult, I was yeah. always at age three, farmed out to sick and dying kids' hospitals, singing them Jesus songs. We were all playing on the streets for money, singing Jesus songs, like always, like performing good deeds. And while they were doing it for the press, so see, we're not scary. Join us. Um, I was doing it for real. And I know the difference I make, and I've worked a lot, like a lot of stuff behind the scenes that nobody knows about, and I've made really significant changes in a lot of people's lives. Um, and I know I can do that now on a grand scale. I, you can. You have, and you can, it's, and you will. I appreciate you being concerned for my chillness um, and, and that, and I am I'm a beast. I'm just I, I a get, different animal. I don't think anybody will ever take that away from you, even if you did decide to be pliable. That piece I, lives within right. you. I was, I had to be pliable professionally, and and I don't really. You know what? You know. You know. You know what's coming up for me now is that you're absolutely right. The reason I'm saying this, I'm saying this to myself yeah. because I know ex- I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and I have to remind myself, Rue, Rue, enjoy life now. It's, you know, I, I think about Martin Luther King and I think about even yep. Jane Fonda who risked their lives. And, yep. and many people have done. I mean, every Gandhi, they all risked their lives to tell people Soylent Green is people. This and you know what, what people I'm did? Doing. They came back and said, and um, can I get an order, a Happy Meal with Soylent Green on the side? what if you can do both? You can. That's And that's the balance. That's, that's yeah. out in the stars. Yeah. And you see the, that is the balance of the universe. And that is where, that's the piece that I am looking for. Because yeah. I get so angry about all the things. I could see it's plain as day. It's like, is anybody like, else seeing like, this? We're right all here? in the backwards world right now. Like, yes. this is backwards. We're all it's backwards. Down. We're all it's, upside it's down. It's all tilted. But we actually are. We're actually hanging upside down off we, the earth right now. Yeah, Our yeah. feet are, we're right. upside down. Uh, you're absolutely right. Literally. That's where we are. So, so what do you do in that state? Yes, yeah. be a fighter. But at the same time. No, I'm a, I want to be like, like, just be the change you want to see. Be the change you walk you the say. walk and talk the talk. I do. Do it. Do it. That's I have to. It is my destiny. Well, but on behalf also... of women, though, I'm going to say because there's nobody fighting for us. Correct. The balls that she's been having in the in the public in the press in the press, and I go after them. I yes. go after the press specifically. I go after like again the sacred cows, and and you're saying this, and you're saying it from a man's perspective, um, and because you you know there's you or both perspectives really. 
which is really interesting, actually. Mm. Jesus, that's big. Yeah. Um, dope. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. Lucky schmucky. You no, know. I don't mean lucky. No, no. In this lifetime, yes. to be able to explore both is very interesting. It is. It's very... Exp- but what I noticed was, yes, we have the Jane Fondas and the Glory Steinems, but there's nobody really affecting... Like, the way I speak um, and how I write uh, kind of... You can, it's it's stuff that everybody's thinking. I'm not saying Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy, mm. but nobody's fucking saying it. I'm like, right. why is nobody saying this? Correct. Like, I'm not willing to live in your funhouse anymore. I'm not willing to make your life easier to subscribe by your rules, to subscribe to your illusions, because your illusions don't apply to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the way you live your life, that's cool. You do you. Mm-hmm. I can help you improve it if you want. Cool. Mm-hmm. Not. You do you, but stay off me. Mm-hmm. And stay off women. And they're not. And they're squeezing us hard. And I'm tired of us being killed. 60% of gun violence deaths in this country are women. Nobody even knows that statistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You tell me if that wasn't 60% of gun violence deaths in all the United States gay men, we wouldn't have a fucking serious problem here. Mm -hmm. We would have, seriously, this would be an epidemic and a crisis. But it doesn't matter. It's just women. It's okay. Right. Like, you go, you, you know. Or any other marginalized group. Any other marginalized group. Just not women. But women, you know, John Lennon said they're the N-word of the world. Mm -hmm. And of, of all races, you know, um, but females, I'm like, where is your lead? I'm not trying to be the leader. I'm just like, I was waiting for somebody else to do it. I would rather not do this. Mm-hmm. I would rather do something else. But there's nobody. I looked around. I'm like, where, what is going on? Like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't live. And I came back to America a couple of years ago and I was like, fuck, you're all stupid. From? Uh, I've been traveling the world. I've been doing like or photo- like photography and a lot oh, of stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a photographer too. Um, and recording a lot of music over in Europe and, and just living my life more over there because I, it's weird. I've never, since I was born to American parents, I can't claim like to be, and even though I was born there and stuff, I didn't live there long enough to be fully European, but I definitely lived there long enough to not be fully American. So I don't belong really to any country. Um, I'm proud to place. be an American, but I will say there's a, a weird sense of freedom over there, they're especially go to London they understand a lot. Time very differently. It's a yeah. very young country, um, and they're really you have to take a break. They're really dedicated to being young, macho, and stupid. And I'm like, yo, bitches, grow up because right. you're going to kill everybody. So we're in a hurry right now. Right. We are in a hurry. Right. We've got more of Rose McGowan. My goodness, it's amazing. Right after this break. Okay. You know, when I knew I was going to New York for this wedding, I uh, got my Today Ticks working before I even got on the plane. And you can do that. Yeah, I did. I, I, You know, you can wait it to the last minute, obviously, because that's the brilliance of Today Takes. But I planned in advance. I knew the shows I wanted to see. Uh, and I, I, I bought my tickets on Today Takes before I got on the airplane. So when I was ready to get in that theater... Uh, my Today Ticks attendant waiting for me uh-huh. with a smile concierge on her face. Service. It's concierge service. Yep. And I enjoyed my shows. I got good tickets too. I have to tell you, I know that I'm going for Pride. Mm-hmm. So I'm already thinking. My brain's already thinking. I'm like, okay, I'm doing the commentary on ABC7 for the parade. Uh-huh. And after that, I'm thinking, it's not going to be that late. No. I'm going to be able to go see a show. Absolutely. And then I can go to the dance at the pier after. Sure. All of that stuff. So I really want to see Great Comet. I do want to see uh, Groundhog's Day as well. So there's yeah. a few shows that I uh, I know that are going on right now that I want to see. But just like you said, I like kind of planning in advance so I know that I have it. Yes. 
And then worse comes to worse, you know, deal with it then. But I kind of want to see out of all them, the great comment. Well, of course, you know, and they have tickets not just on Broadway, but all over town. And we're talking every city. I get them here in Los Angeles. They are in Seattle, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Atlanta. Today, Tix is really the 21st century way to get the tickets you want without the hassle. Oh. There's zero hassle. Honey, and listen to this. If you're in Chicago, make sure to check out the daily $25 lottery for tickets to Moby Dick, the award-winning circus adventure. I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong with Today Ticks. Rue and I have been... Actually, they came on as sponsors because we were yes, talking I about know, them. I know. Because we loved them so much. Hundred, that just goes to show you that we have integrity, kids. <laughs> we don't talk about things we don't believe in. Honest to God. And that's how we feel so strongly about Today Ticks. Insider deals, exclusive offers, up to 50% off in just a few taps that app. And today, Tix is going to offer you, let me say that in English, they would like to offer you uh-huh. $20 off your first purchase with the code RU. And what you're paying for tickets, that's almost free. Hey, right. Exactly. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. So download the Today Tix app for free on your phone, or you can go to todaytix, that's T-I-X.com to see what's playing this week where you are, and treat yourself to a show. Todaytix.com, offer code RU, and have fun at the theater. Yes. We are back with Rose McGowan. We're trying to figure out the world. What is the name of your book? Brave. Brave. We are trying. We're trying to get to the to the kind of like root a of this thing. How to it's be brave? Navigate. It's the, because it's, nobody's ever taught that. You're like America has that big slogan: "No fear." I'm like, why? I'm afraid all the time. I just do it anyway. Right. Yeah. My my ankles. Believe me, when I cause Twitter storms and shit storms, my ankles shake. It's weird having thought directed towards you yes it's a very unusual like you know that when something is all over the media you have your phone it's draining you're you don't touch the app and look at it but you can feel it yes. it's like yeah. buzzing through it yeah. yeah right and like when things spike and it's a very unusual feeling that most people won't know mm-hmm. and and uh it's very weird um to understand your part of collective thought uh at least for like that moment um and you can feel it for sure and mm-hmm. you can feel a lot of the anger i get a lot of angry you know, white males coming mm-hmm. after me, like traditional, like just like somebody on Twitter the other day. And I always touch their profile picture and I do a screenshot and just tweet that. And I'm like, thanks, dude. So this guy was like, shut up and spread your legs. Oh. And I clicked on his uh, profile photo and he's there holding his newborn baby with his wife behind him in the hospital mm-hmm. bed. And I'm mm-hmm. like, screenshot. Wow. And you also see that th- those people, I'm they have about you. 11 followers. Of course. And there's, yeah. but I'm like, God. Like, you could be so much cooler. You don't have to be like that. Yeah, and why do they get away with saying it? And why, And then people are like, oh, you're an actress. You don't get, you're not allowed to talk. Shut up. You are. You're just jealous that I have a bigger platform, That's but I worked for it. You didn't. a whole thing I don't so understand. Why? Because we, or performers or actors, all of a sudden they're not to have allowed to have a political point of view. Right. Well, shut up and just act. What? Shut up what? and just act. Oh, I'm sorry. You're still I'm a supposed human. to be your minstrel. I'm supposed to be like, exactly. oh, shut up and dance. No, you right. shut up. Right, right, right. Especially, well, especially when there's a reality star in the White House right now, a performer. Uh, thank you. No, that's the biggest, like, you're like, really? You're going to still do that old trope on me? Exactly. You're still going to tell me to shut up because I'm just an actress? Um, uh, At least I accomplished something. And, you know, I got to tell you, you know, I pay 40% of Unlike all of my earnings. Star. 40% of all my earnings go to the government. 40%. Yep. And I just think, And you know he what? paid what, like, 0.5%? Right. And I think... I, I better speak up. I've worked for every single penny. Yes. I'm going to speak up. I'm somebody up. who slept in squats, under houses. Like, I've pulled my way up. I have never been helped by a single person. And in fact, mostly by women in this town have, have had the opposite. Very treacherous people that were representing me in my life. And um, so that, like, really formed who I was. I didn't have to... 
I wish I hadn't had to have formed entirely this way. I wish I didn't have to fight. I wish I could just like be self in my own life entirely, but I'm not because I, I have always been trained to be actually quite selfless. Sounds like you can't be. I can't be. Yeah. It's not well, who I am. Just remember when you fight with monsters, be careful not to become one. Oh, no. I, I, that's great advice. I, I definitely um, don't think I have that in me either. And I've never thought, uh, I, I do not think I'm superior to or less than, but I do think I've worked hard and might be superior in some ways because I've fought for that. Mm-hmm. For, you for are. the mind. Yeah, you I've, are. I, I've developed in very interesting ways. I've done that on purpose and, and also just by nature. And I want other people to come and have a dope of a life as I've had. And I'm sure a lot of people have dope lives, but I think sometimes when, again, I don't have the classical training from each country that they put into you, you form differently. You absolutely do. I just I, I didn't I, have to get out of the matrix. I wasn't in the matrix. I was never in the matrix. I, yeah. if I remember when I was 13, I made a vow to myself. I knew that it was my time to decide what my identity was going to be. And I thought, I'm not going to choose one. I'm going to continue. And I'll try to play along to, to get through it. And I have for, for thus far. But, um, you know, I, I, I never always played have along to... that well. But other than the long hair, that was my concession. And then I would let makeup artists in Hollywood make me look like a Trump beauty pageant contestant. It got so weird. <laughs> I could no longer even tell how weird I looked. Well, you know, you had your fingers crossed the whole time. You know, you you, you were able to play along for a minute until I you had just to couldn't get play pop- along. Yeah, I yeah. was done. No, it's what you did. But it's yeah. just I have to always tell myself that there's there's a balance in in life as the sun, the stars, the moon, but also to um uh that these people are my teacher. I am not their teacher. <laughs> if they get something from my experience, right on. Okay, buddy. Holy dooly. But I have to remember that I'm here as an observer. And that I can't get too attached to it. My teacher said, Rue, don't take it too seriously. It's it's like in The Wizard of Oz where they, they, they say, Dorothy, wake up. Wake up, Dorothy. Wake up. Don't get too sucked into the poppies or whatever mm. that comes along. So I'm, ta- I'm talking to you this whole time and I understand the fire. I understand the fight because I got it too. And it frustrates me so much. But I have to, in the meditation when I'm out hanging on the, on the, on the stars, um, yep. I get to say, Rue. In this silence, in this quiet place, yeah. this is what this is the oh, truth. I protect that. This I is the truth. That very much. I, I protect that part of me very, very uh, bigly. Like, bigly, bigly, bigly. <laughs> I, I protect that bigly. I go bigly. I go bigly all the time. Bigly, bigly, bigly. Yeah. So you you've you've quit acting as an actor for now. For I today, guess. never know. Today, for today, it's been a while. Uh, I really, it was giving me like camera flashes were giving me like PTSD. Like for real, mm-hmm. it's, it's assaultive. Uh, the life was just not the life. It was not my skin, and I and everybody was telling me how lucky I was. Everybody right. on the street, the media, everyone's like, "You're so lucky." You're so. I remember being at Seven Eleven one night at the height of my fame, and like TV fame, all that stuff, which is really different. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you know how that is. Mm-hmm. Like you're in people's bedrooms. It's a whole different ball game than when you're just doing music or in movies. Um, and it's like it, 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 it's. I lost my train of thought. Thinking well, about you, you. You, you're talking about replenishing your energy. You've been yeah. drained by this. Thing. They drained me so hard. It took years. And the thing was, for me, it was just. I remember. Oh yeah, I was at Seven Eleven one night, and I was. I had my head bowed down, and I thought this thought went through my head. I think I'm the loneliest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then right behind the guy behind the counter goes, "You must have the luckiest life." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Uh huh." 
on the surface mm-hmm. to and a lot of people are like shut up you made money i'm like um i would have made money no matter what because i work really hard and i in all different areas people only see the money darling. and i'm like but you also it's an illusion of money as yes. we know too um and that's that might be your barometer of your what is sold to you is your idea of success that's not my don't make again your rules mine mm-hmm. like madonna says i'm not your bitch don't put your shit on me mm-hmm. maybe you mm-hmm. would I'm be more comfortable bitch, don't put your shit on me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe you'd be more comfortable in something you wrote or you direct yeah performing. i don't really need to be on screen oh, right I don't no, I hear you gotcha. i hear you i, I just hear. don't like actually uh I've had enough cameras pointed at me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done it. Like, I really did it. I did it for a real long time. You I estimated did. I worked on sets for 57,000 hours. Mm-hmm. And you've given us some good stuff, babe. And I, and I, and I wanted to make performances that would last. I want, and so I did. And you then, did. And I did it. And it's cool to have other chapters, you know? Um, and to have other chapters and to realize, in a way, I am kind of a politician, except for I can't be elected. I can't be voted out of office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because you weren't born here, you could never run for anything? I can, actually. There's a gray area because my parents are American. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working Have for. you met yeah. other actresses who... No. No. Because <laughs> I would think that there would be a secret no. society of women who have Maybe. been through the, the ringer and who have come out on the other side and... I don't uh, know where they are. I'd be like, interesting to... Come find me if you're out there. It'd be interesting to... Uh, yeah, for sure. Because the stories to tell and collectively the stories to tell and have a consortium of people f- figuring out how to change the system or how to create a, 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 a different, different system. system. It just you know? needs to be different because this system doesn't work. This system doesn't work for the world. Cinema's dying, like literally dying. That's why all movie stars are coming to television now. Well, that's because there's nothing there because they've dumbed it down so much. There's not much left to go. Yeah. There's not that far. And because, you know... Um, you know, they get these guys straight out of USC. They do one short film that's at Sundance, and then they get hired to do like Fantastic a hundred yeah. million dollar movie. And these guys are not developed as artists or human beings. And they're making again thought for the world, and they have a real narrow perspective. But you realize too that Hollywood doesn't have a a a, a, a moral obligation. They have a m- yeah, monetary yes, obligation. There is no moral compass. Well, but there be, isn't one, but I think they do. Well, yeah. but the, the thing is, they make movies for the people who pay for the tickets. Who pays the tickets? Fourteen-year-old boys but who want to see superheroes. That's not true. You're wrong. How's that? You're actually wrong. You're totally wrong. Women uh, also love to no, go to movies. No, that's not. No, first of all, you're wrong. That's huh. a that's an age-old lie. Uh, statistics: It's women that go drive box office. It's girls that take their boyfriend or their girlfriends or whomever. Boys are downloading it illegally on torrent, BitTorrent. They're not buying these tickets. That's the great fallacy. They think it's all fourteen-year-old boys. It's abs- That's not who's you go there. to a movie theater. Women are there. It's not boys. So no. they're women. Just go. To, there's twenty-three percent of speaking roles on screen last year are women. That's it. Twenty-three percent. And you imagine now how those women are portrayed by these dudes. Now that is what we get to go see as our mirror. Now, how offended were you a long time by gay portrayals in movies and stri- mainstream shit, right? I- I'm Samantha Stevens. I saw it all as bullshit, and right. I never and never took it seriously. No, I never took it seriously, but... And I never looked to movies or TV. I think a lot of kids... I noticed a lot of kids that were runaways, too, and they were, like, newly out and got kicked out and all that crap, which is beyond a nightmare, but, you know, I was that way, too, but for various reasons. Um, it... I saw sometimes, if they're from a small town... I like I would talk. They felt like, and I even one of them like he's like, well, it took me a long time to come out because I thought like if I have to be gay, then I have to behave like the ones I've seen in movies and TV. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but that's written by a straight guy's imagination of what he thinks a gay guy is. Mm-hmm. And so you don't actually. You can 
if you want to, sure, but you don't have to. That's not your choice. And a lot of them, th- that's the mirror they're given. Right. So imagine the mirror girls are given. You see these women tottering around in high heels with fake nails, fake hair, fake everything. You go to Miami and you're like, you are completely an external liver. You, you have now turned yourself into, you're seeing yourself through men's eyes. That is the male gaze. It's something that's been documented and studied. And it's women seeing themselves through a male's eyes. But not even a man, like one man, like all of them. Sure. And it fucks your brain up. And so, again, you and I have had very different experiences. And, and as a woman, it's, you know, something that's funny I talk to, to my trans friends about. It. I'm like, you know what? You guys have never, I say guys, whatever, you girls, women have never asked me what it's like to be a woman. You've never once asked me what it was like to grow up as a woman. What's it like to get a period? What's it like when you grow breast and people all of a sudden are screaming at you on the streets? What's it like when your world gets loud? What's it like? Because they assume because they felt like a woman on the inside that's not developing as a woman. That's mm-hmm. not growing as a woman. That's not living in this world as a woman. And a lot of the stuff I hear trans complaining about, I'm like, yeah, welcome to the world. Mm-hmm. This is our world. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're really, this is how you're being treated? Okay, me too. Yeah. Um, and then they are treated that way. And they are treated that way. And But so are we. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun. And a lot of them go from, it's a shock. It's yeah. literally a shock to their system. Absolutely. True, but I'll say that most trans kids or trans people that do uh, transition have been called out in society in different ways. Oh, completely. Oh, no, so, that's a different path, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. But some of the more surface stuff that I see, uh, they, there's there's a lot of things that are like verbatim the same complaints. Mm-hmm. And definitely there's another set of circumstances, obviously. But, you know, there's... there there. I think there needs to be, like, what you were talking about, all these communities being separated, you know, like the gay community, the black community. The, like, when I got really mad... Honestly, I got mad at the, the HRC. I got mad at GLAD. I got mad at NAACP when equal pay for women was voted down almost two years ago. There was not a peep from any one right. of these organizations. I'm like, do you not represent women? Right. Right. Do you not? You know what's interesting, too? But nobody too? said a goddamn mm-hmm. thing. No, and they continue. And you could tell you if they were voting down equal pay for gay men, all hell would have broken loose. And that is some fucked up shit, and I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Because what's I feel true? like the equal pay for gay men thing, they'll, they'll fight a little bit louder. But it's not even big enough yet. Uh, Meaning, I I don't put them on the same uh, thing. I think it would be even bigger. I'm saying they represent women. I'm saying these are powerful entities and organizations that could have said something. They should have said something. Nobody said a goddamn thing. It was met with silence. Gloria Steinem tweeted something. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Right. That's going to do a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I understand. But the thing is, to affect change, you need to, like, punch through. You do. You have to, like, scratch the needle. You have to scratch the record mm-hmm. and get people, like, talking in a different way. I engage the public and I speak in a way and nobody's gone rogue like this. Nobody in Hollywood. No, no, I can't, I, I can't, in rec- I, I can't imagine anybody. No, uh, you there know. was a woman I know who works at Hollywood Reporter and she was trying to get actresses to comment, just comment on whether in the age of Hillary Clinton, dresses on the red carpet were stupid. And I was like, yeah, of course they are. Mm-hmm. Duh, looks regressive and dumb. You all look like you're in a weird bubble from, like, 20 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm don't look like the rest of the world and Hollywood's dying because it doesn't seem pertinent. And the bubble out here, you know, everyone out here is like really obsessed with being hot and like, you want to be cool. There's a difference temperature wise too. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's, it's definitely for me, it was like, I was like waiting. I was again, after the equal pay for women, that's when it really tipped it for me. I was like, I actually mm-hmm. didn't even know there was a vote. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? We have to vote on this? I think they kept it quiet for a reason. I thought it was just a systemic assholeism. I didn't know it was actually legal to be this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the only country, first world country, industrialized nation that does not have protection for women in the Constitution. 
Oh my God! There's, there's so much. There's, there's so, so much. much. Rose McGowan, man, you really Let's just do it. You, and then we're gonna have a party. And then we're gonna party. And we may have to party first and then go to war because uh, yeah. I think there's a there's a balance that's so important. Well, you can have a party at the war. Well, let's party while we war. I, I'm gonna party while we war. Why not? <laughs> I do. I, <laughs> Thank you so much. You so when is the book coming out? The book is coming out in November. The album's coming out around the same time. That's my album's called Tetrachromacy. That's a disorder. They call it a disorder, but I think it's amazing. There's only two people in the world that have it, apparently. You can see over a million colors. I love oh, that. Man. And so That's is there amazing. a rosemcgowan.com where we can get all this Almost. information? Almost. I'm building actually one of my things. I'm building an app and a website that's kind of a portal into an artist's mind is to rewire thought. Because I feel like creativity is just taken out of people real young. And that's a tragedy. And I think that's when people wave, they're like, I'm not on the creative side. I'm like, why not? Like, if I was doing anything, I'd be creative at it. Right. And they steal it from people because it doesn't benefit the people in charge. Sure. And I want to give it back. Love that. And I think you, I know you can do that. Yeah. All right, kiddo. Thank right, you so kiddo. much, Rose Thanks McGowan. Thanks for following me on Instagram and tweeters and stuff. What's, oh, yeah. what's, your, la- what's your handle? Rose McGowan. Rose A-A-N. McGowan. And she's got something to say. She's got something to say. Now and then I pop off. Just now. <laughs> You're fun to follow. Absolutely. Thank you, Mom. Well, thank you so thank much. You, thank and you. Michelle Visage. Until so next time, time Rue. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get a name, man? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen. Hey, hey,